and the driving shall be clear and easy with 15 lanes open to New New Jersey. I'm Shelby. This is Colin. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Jace. And you're listening to the Hooving Review. And today we're going to go into Gridlock, the third story of season series three, and uh, David Tennant's. Oh man! Well, I have to say, this horror story really made me feel good about the pandemic conditions, if only for the one reason that traffic has largely been cut out of my life. <laughs> and their quarantine lasts a hundred years. Good point. Well, ours isn't quite over yet, so we shouldn't speak that into existence. <laughs> this is true, but uh, fortunately, I don't think we're going to have to wait 24 years. Man, sitting in traffic for a lifetime would be, like, the absolute worst. I don't even like sitting in it for 10 minutes. I know. That's why I'm like, I, it, there's no way people would just do it. Like, they, everybody would be driving all over the place, doing illegal moves. and. But they yeah. can't drive. It's on autopilot. Yeah, the the, the well, the, it has restrictions. Yeah, the cars have restrictions, so they can't. So the wheel so will walk, and the, everything will break down. So they don't want to do that because that would be even worse. They go slower, or they'd be stuck. There's not like, I mean, people hijack cars all the time and like rewire them. You would think like somebody would be an expert in that. Well, I they, think they, yeah. I think what would happen was they would go down to the fast lane, and then they get destroyed by the macros that are living down there. I think what Kelsey's saying is she's like imagine like a purge via like this. Route, you know, kind of like how the doctor was jumping like here and there and everywhere. I feel like a lot of people would try that. Yeah, yeah. you know, somebody would figure it out after 24 years. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree with Michael. You know, you'd probably end up dying or something. You know, doing that enough, and that's why they're still there. But I think that's the the thing is that they are trapped. They are literally trapped, and they know that they're trapped because they've probably tried certain things. I'm sure they've tried certain things. That's why they're telling the doctor, you can't do that. You can't just stand out here in the in the smog because it's going to kill you. Yeah, but he got <laughs> Your head will grow so. to 50 feet tall. Yeah, imagine a 50-foot tall, tall. But head. there's also, like, like, he got onto the roadway. So, like, I don't know. After a month, I would probably be like, hey, you know what? Maybe where we were wasn't so bad. Like, let's go back to, like, happy drug land and live there versus in a car. It doesn't look like it's easy to go back to Happy Drug Land. Like it's even even when they were in the fast lane, they had to go around the whole loop to get back, and that was their plan. But I, I think you're you're really alluding to something that is missing here. It's really the dire picture of everywhere else on New Earth. Like what is driving people to take drive. these <laughs> to drive? <laughs> driving people to drive. Um, because we, we see like one street that certainly has its problems, but do you want to be trapped on the motorway forever? I, yeah, I still live on the street. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if they're if they're selling happy right out of every street corner, I know. But it kind of reminds me of like not to get political, but it kind of reminds me of like you know 
I don't know if you guys, for example, have seen like the movie Straight Outta Compton where it's just like, you know, people are selling drugs to provide for their families and people are taking drugs to to like escape the reality that is that they're just in slums, abused, barely surviving. The world doesn't get out them. So maybe they're just like, oh, all these drugs and like happy stickers or whatever aren't working. I need something more. And it's kind of like religion, like this motorway is kind of like hope. Whereas I'm just kind of stuck in this abyss of nothingness. Just that's a total yeah. illusion. And they show us some elements of faith too in the motorway. I don't know if that's across all New Earth or really, you know, central to the... Kind of like the hymns that they were saying. Yeah, yeah. It's very like godly, like religion, like, you know. Well, yeah. And I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head is that the motorway essentially was hope. Maybe if they had some hope stickers, they would have gotten rid of that problem altogether. Yeah. Well, they could have just forgotten about their problems too. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of options. I think they, they mentioned that in this episode is that the motorway was definitely hope because it was a hope of getting to somewhere better and everybody's being pushed by by the people of, of word of mouth in order to get the, to where you need to go you need to get on the motorway right and that's the part that I find I struggle with a little bit here because if there really is that good of word of mouth that everyone has the same opinions and like knows the same facts or non-facts about this thing, then how come if word has never gotten around that there are no exits? Because probably they can't manage to come back to say whether they made it out or not. And to some degree it happens too. I mean, already people are dealing with time scales, you know, years where they're trying to go, you know, 10 miles. So I think that they bake that into the equation. They expect there to be a lot of closures and off-ramps that, you know, aren't possible. But also, I imagine it takes months to get to the next off-ramp. Yeah. Still, like, even, it's like they are entering these cars knowing, like, oh, it's going to take at least six years to get there. Like, I'm sorry, but there's nowhere that I want to go to that that it's going to take six, you know, it's like I'd rather just stay in, like, a one-bedroom apartment than, like, a tiny car for six yeah, years, Yeah, but you know? it's just, like, Yeah, but then after time. those six years, you could actually see the sky for the first time in your life, and uh, your child could have a better life. I mean, it's hard to say, you Nobody know, everything's out, on the table. Why did they assume that? Yeah. That's why, we, like, we didn't really get the full portrayal of where people were and, you know, what life was like. We saw a brief picture of a street. Um, with a lot of drunk peddling. I feel like... It certainly looked... Everyone was nice, though, on the street. Like, even the kidnapper, like, there wasn't... Sure, nice nice is a a pill that you can take by attaching it to your neck. And and that it can't have been just that street that had this drug problem, though, if the entire rest of the planet got wiped out by a drug. I feel like if they went more into, like, that life, I feel like my, like, theory or my takeaway would make a lot more sense because if you're, like, just stuck in that cycle of just doing that over and over and over again, like, taking these pills, taking these drugs, just the numb, the pain of just existence and, like, this abyss of, like, trash, you know, hope is better than nothing. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, if you're in a terrible situation and you truly believe that, you know, there is a way out and you just have to serve some time to get there, then... Yeah, it makes sense. It's just those women who have been there for 23 years and they, you know, must have gone far enough to realize that there's like no way out. And by that time, it's too late. So the message doesn't But it's not if you broadcast that to everybody and then everyone leaves the motorway. Right. But I think the thing we have to remember is that Novice Hain kind of orchestrated the whole idea of keeping everybody on the motorway. So she was probably behind the scenes 
making all the announcements and having that woman that was announcing everything say, "This is where you need to be. This is this this is your hope. This is where you, this is where you can go in order to better yourself." And the whole point was to save everyone. It wasn't to. But why was that saving everybody to be on the motorway? Why not just be in the city? Well, it's not like in a lot of cities or areas, you know, they had, you know, extreme problems, you know, whether it be air quality or lack of resources or something else, but there's certainly trouble. Yeah, well, they were wiped out. A lot of the city was wiped out by that one drug. No, I just mean, like, why would she encourage people to be on the motorway versus, like, There's underground cities. Yeah, stay in your city because... And, like, rebuild that. Yeah, like... Yeah, but build a life there where you're not trapped in I a mean, car. I mean, that makes sense. Like, if you're in a car that has, like, that food replicator, like, why can't you just kind of recreate food replicator? Well, actually, that, that's a that's a great point, too, on the food replicator. Yeah. Man, you'd eventually run out of nutrients. If well, you're just recycling your waste, eventually there's no nutritional value in there. That's why I didn't think Yeah, about, we can yeah. talk about other things that they bring. I think we can leave... Uh, you know, leave a little bit to the imagination here. You often need to in Doctor Who. I'm sure that they have other chemicals and vitamins and other resources. Yeah. You know, they don't need to answer every single question. We're not like people that are need to analyze every last bit of the episode. Just chill. yeah, yeah, just accept it. The underground city also may not have been able to be built up. They may not have had the the materials they needed. They may not have had or or I I mean I don't. That, that's one thing that obviously wasn't explained well, was why aren't they in the city still? Like, the people selling the drugs, they obviously are still there, and they're still alive, but is there, is there are they risking themselves? Yeah, I'm thinking there? it's like this, like, in an automated, you know, system of a pandemic with all these after-effects that happen. You know, you get locked out of certain places, um, you can't go with things, and after a while and after decades, you know, you probably lose resources, access to them. Pollution runs rampant in areas that are closed off. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seemed like really you needed, you know, a, a tech wizard to go through it because the doctor, yeah. you know, was just like, okay, let's open up, let's open up the doors now. Uh, he seemed like he was able to solve the problem that you know, Facebook and Cat Lady weren't didn't have a chance at. Well, you tech- know, just by doing some math or right. you know, filling with some wires. Well, but oh, don't forget, the face of Bo actually does give his life force in order for that to happen. Truth. So, but he couldn't have done it without the doctor. No, he would have done it already. It's yeah, teamwork. right. Well, because yeah, no, his hand didn't have the knowledge of how to do it, which yeah. is unfortunate. <laughs> Why was it raining at the beginning? Yeah, if it didn't rain down there, then they could get water, and like <coughs> it would still be better than being in a car drinking your own pee. Yeah, you like, think you could probably replicate it? <laughs> I don't know. Unless it's tainted in some way. Yeah, but honestly, that might have been one of the best areas. That could have been the best place on the planet. It's still and, better than and, living in And, you know, in just car. the rumors. Yeah, it is. But the rumors that tell you six years will get you a better life for your family, for your kids, all will be roses. Yeah, but that's now. only if you have three people. All those other people not in the fast lane thought it would take a lot longer than six years. The fast lane, it would take six years to go ten miles. That's true, but everybody's going to a different destination for different reasons. Uh, but I think that's a, that's a good case study. That's a good experience like that is easier to relate to. You know, a lot of people might do things, work horrible jobs, horrible conditions for the hopes of a better future, you know, after, you know, a matter of years or months or whatever it may be. Plot holes aside, though, what do we all think about the characters in this story? I was about to say that as soon as you finished talking. I was going to say that I really liked the whole, I don't know, I just immediately thought, like, of, like, you know, black people and the struggle when I saw this episode and, like, how faith, even with, like, because, you know, I have, you know, friends with, like, 
drug addictions or that have been drug addicts, you know, or for example, my stepdad who's in the military, like saying, you know, God was there when people were throwing grenades at him and that kind of stuff. Like sometimes it's like faith. It's a hope that drives a person, even if it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It gives them a purpose. It doesn't make them want to just be like, you know what? Screw it. Existence is pain, whatever. It's something. But aside from that and the obvious plot holes, which I don't really care too much about, I really liked the relation or I liked the relationship I saw between the doctor and Martha because towards the beginning, you know, I talked about how like Martha is super smart, super awesome. And then like, again, she kind of just became a rose and just kind of became like that air quote woman doctor who like always leans on the doctor. And, you know, with that one scene where, you know, the doctor brings up Rose and Martha's over here, like, agitated, clearly having a crush on him, that kind of confirmed, this episode kind of confirms that Martha's like, I'm kind of into him, I don't know how he feels about, like, me, you keep bringing me, bringing up Rose, like, am I just, like, a replacement for her? So I thought that was all kind of interesting and, like, not really prominent Yeah, I think that's a good insight, like, just... I feel like uh, when we first had Martha being introduced, you know, she's kind of a hero. She's an equal partner that's super competent in what she's doing. And here she has kind of been pushed to the side of damsel in distress. Well, and also we see that even within this episode, although she didn't reach the level she did in the first episode of the season, she became way more awesome when she was separated from the Doctor. Yeah, she was able to think for herself and ultimately save the day, even if she saw it in a movie. She took, yeah. told them to turn the power off on their own vehicle, to shut everything down. Be, and that's be how silent. the Doctor found her. Yeah, and, um, you know, at the very end, though, she did actually stand up when the Doctor was around and, and force him to tell her you know, what was going on, but that's really the strongest move she's made in his presence since the first episode. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the side characters? We've got Novice Hing coming back, of course, the face of Bo, which is a Oh, the face of Bo. Finally got to hear his message that they, they teased about at the beginning of season two. Yeah. <laughs> which, like, that was a little bit of a disappointment, I thought. I <laughs> didn't, knowing uh-huh. the newer episodes of Doctor Who. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel like in a lot of ways this episode is better in retrospect after seeing a few more seasons. Yeah, because things start to make sense. But yeah, you know, that face of Beauart kind of uh, followed followed through, and, you know, we have a uh, cat lady priestess really coming into her own here. She really got redemption. Theme. Yeah. The weird kitten babies that yeah that were somehow real cats even though their dad was a human cat. I mean, do we know that? I mean, uh, a lot of people have cats and call them their babies. That's just what I was like. (laughs) I was like, what is the real biological relationship? I I think that it was supposed to be their biological children. (laughs) I think also that they probably evolve into what dad would be. Yeah, Yeah. but the shapes of their legs and stuff wouldn't match up. That said, I do think that they were adorable, so I'm don't totally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be really interested to see their pupa stage, you know, before they, <laughs> yeah, maybe they, they come it. out anthropomorphized and everything. I, I like. I think there was just a lot of interesting characters in in the whole the whole grid, basically. The, yeah. All the cars that the doctor goes into, and this there's multiple 
alien-like creatures, I guess. I didn't think it was that cool. Like, it looked like there was one guy that was, like, painted white, and then another dude was, like, painted red, and it was, like, not super unique. I mean, that could be for budgeting reasons, but it was just, like, getting a crayon and painting people different colors, pretending like they were, like, super alien. Well, well, last time we were on New Earth in the hospital, we saw one of the patients was all white and one of the other patients was all red, so they were probably trying to tie that in. Yeah, I think that was what it was. What I thought was weird with the interactions between the different cars was when, um, what was his name, Brannigan, the, the main cat man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he was like, oh, I'm an old traditional cat and I can't handle the fact that there are these two lesbian, you know, wives out there. And it was like, I mean, this is I the, the far mm-hmm. distant future. Like, why would that be a thing for him? Like, I thought it was he was joking. Yeah, I, I took that as a joke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think the cat daddy's about that. Okay. Yeah, no, he seemed to be pretty But he chill. called them sisters. That just seemed really weird. It, was, it sounds like it was like an ongoing joke between Or, you know... Them. Like, yeah, when yeah. you have 24 or whatever, 12 years to, like... Yeah. And we, read, uh, we mentioned the, you know, religious overtones here. That could be a, you know, very uh, faithful term. You know, sisters, brothers. True. Mm-hmm. Or they were... They were all sisters of the motorcade and brothers... Or it means they the way black people say it, which is more <laughs> meaningful. <laughs> which also leads <laughs> upon a mention theme. <laughs> They're the ones holding the books too. Yeah. Yeah. So that that the probably... queens of the motorway got to respect. I think that cat lady was really shoving it down on all the motorcade people. Oh yeah, she was like, "Listen, I'm gonna come here and I'm gonna do a thing and look for a dude." <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I like that idea of it. But then there was like. I don't know. I genuinely don't know how I feel about Martha because when she's by herself, I like her. But next to the doctor, I don't like her. And because we're so early into the season, I don't know what to make of this information. Well, I think it's kind of the first time where like some a woman has like a major crush on the doctor and is actually kind of acting on it versus just like like sure. Rose kind of has like this secret crush that is like like oh will they won't they kind of vibe whereas she's more like well who is this other girl like I want to get to know you like why don't you like me more kind of aggressive and that's not always always like attractive it's not as attractive and it's not typically as appealing and I think that's one of the disadvantages with Martha's character throughout this series although I do think that it does improve drastically towards the end Maybe to each their own, but I like a little aggression. I I think part of the problem is is more that of, you know, potential, really. I mean, Rose became a much better person with the doctor. She became stronger. She became more confident. She became more capable. She became more knowledgeable. She just became all around a happier and and fuller person. Whereas Martha, when she's around the doctor, she becomes a worse person. She becomes kind of weaker and more insecure and less, you know, sure of herself, less willing to do things. And she already was a super awesome, powerful, wonderful woman. So, you know, it, it's kind of the toxic aspect. Relationship. Yeah, it's a toxic relationship. And it's, you well, know, and I think that makes see. sense, though, based on the fact that she's got this crush on the doctor, but the doctor cannot return anything. To well, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I think it's very realistic. I just don't think that it puts Martha in a She doesn't light. like to see it. Well, right. I, mean, I wonder gotcha. if it makes him a little bit like it's toxic towards him too. I mean, he's lying to her. And this is the second adventure they've yeah. ever had. Like, 
I don't think she brings out the best in him either. So it's kind of a mutual, like, you know, when two people date and you're kind of like, you guys shouldn't be together, but they, like, do it anyway. <laughs> the doctor does lie. Now, the Macra are a race of crab-like creatures. That crab <laughs> people, crab <laughs> people. That have actually been in Doctor Who's past with the second Doctor. Now, these are devolved, as the Doctor put it, uh, Macra, whereas before they could actually take over people's minds, which is Ooh. more interesting. But I think that's one... That's probably one of the biggest weaknesses of the story is the macro themselves, is that they really just kind of are there for the monster of the week. And they just happen to be a monster that was chosen at random from the Doctor's past. Yeah, they don't go into them at all. They're just like Mr. Krabs. They're just wanting money, but the money being like people. <laughs> you know? Yeah, true. And why did they want the people? Were they just there just grabbing things? Yeah, and man, them? They did destroy things. There were so many of them. Like, do they eat, like, a lot of um, inorganic material? Because even if you pull apart one of those cars, I feel like that's sustaining one of those crabs for maybe a day. Yeah. Not a lot of cars coming well, through there. I think they mentioned the fact that they were sustained by the gases that were released by the cars. The uh, yum, so yum, they, yum. Yeah, they were, they were, that was how they were surviving. Then why did they try to break down the cars? Probably just that extra little, gas. you know, Venus flytrap micronutrients of or calcium and iron. Or they didn't even notice the and, cars were there and this is just like how they live their lives and the cars are just driving through. Why maybe the maybe in their language, you know, without their psychic abilities, you know, that's just like, oh, hey, man, welcome. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> Why did the fast lane exist? Like, do you think the macro have only been that large for the last few years or something? Or do you think they've always been that big? Because it's population control. Well, I mean, you have three people in yellow. <laughs> It, it does, I mean, it doesn't make sense that the macro are there, and, and there's no explanation for them even being there in the first place. Right, and if they're there, then why send, you know, unsuspecting people to their death there if the whole purpose of this motorway is to save those people? Well, I think, like, before the quarantine started, that was the fast lane, and since it was all automated and stuff. Oh, that makes sense. And, and then also, they probably didn't realize that the macro had invaded. That may have just been an addition additional thing that only the people that go to the fast lane and don't return are the ones that find out. So. <laughs> yeah. They hear like it was like a myth about it or something. Like, yeah. Scary story they told their children. Yeah, like don't go down there, dude. Speaking but of some tell like stories of great tales of going up to 30 miles an hour. Okay, <laughs> good point, yeah. Well, speaking of scary stories, how about the story aspect of a drug called Bliss comes out and People put it on within seven minutes, the whole planet's wiped out of everyone who had been, you know, close to having exposure to it. That's kind of crazy. I just don't and see it. See, that also didn't make sense to me because I'm like, there's no way that the majority of the people on the planet would take this one drug at the exact same moment. Yeah, and, and that's what I was wondering about it, too. Is that really what happened or is it once it's released in the, in the bloodstream, there is a true virus or something that can kind of go from there. You know, I don't think that was really clear about what triggered I think Bliss can also be, like, contagious to a degree. You know how, like, if you're upset and you put yourself in, like, a group of people who aren't upset, you tend to tend to get a little bit more uplifted? Sure, yeah. So it is kind of like a pandemic kind of thing. Something it's that's like when you're all on the motorway and everybody's singing hymns at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy to think about. Although I will admit the music was quite lovely. Oh, it was terrifying to me. I don't know why. It was just, like, very, like, culty. I don't know. Yeah. It was it was pretty 
eerie when like everyone on the motorway just like stopped and just like started singing in unison. That was pretty freaky. Yeah, I mean, it's it like makes your... sense, you know. It's like the one, you know, ritual you really have and the way you can connect with everyone around you. But it's still it's was dark. pretty eerie. Yeah, it's dark. Like you're going into nothing and you're probably gonna die. And you just have this one thing connecting you guys. And we're just seeing this as an audience. Like there is no hope. Yeah, Sorry. I, I know we're probably past the plot holes here, but also like, why is it, are people like watching TV and doing entertaining stuff? I mean, they're sitting there for years. They don't have to watch the road; it's automated. Yeah, I think they'd be doing a little bit more. You know, I know we see, you know, one one granny knitting and some other people doing some stuff, but mostly they're in the driver's seats. Well, the, the guy yeah. did have to drive the car though when they were like, "Oh, look, it moved." And everyone yeah. was honking immediately, so they, they were driving, and the guy down in the crab area, he drove for sure, so it wasn't all locked up and automated. I also, feel like, really where bad do for they, that guy. Why do they sleep if they have to be driving constantly? I mean, I think it is automated to some degree. We have autopilot, you know, maybe if you want to go exactly down to the fast lane really quickly, you need to get some manual moves. Something that's, something that's concerning to me, and it maybe it might just be like a human race thing, but now we've kind of deemed, like... Um, solitary confinement as being like a form of torture. How do people live in a car, a very tight confined space for years without absolutely losing their minds? Like that's yeah, because some of those people were all alone. Yeah. And how are these people not ginormous? Like if you're just, it's, wouldn't it be like Wally if you just sit in a chair for ten years? Like eventually, they have like, like, they have muscle lo- stimulants. Yeah, or but even with that, well, we don't know the capability of that technology. Yeah. I'm sure it's better than you know those things that you wear in your abs. They're supposed to like do something for you. <laughs> I don't know. I try that. Me not doing anything. Yeah, am I just laying there getting electrocuted and that helps me lose weight? I know. I try it. I feel like in this episode, the main purpose of this story for Russell T. Davies, who did actually write this. Russell? Russell. He, I think he was actually going on an emotional uh, roller coaster with us. I think the whole point was to have a more character-driven and a little more... Um, uh, let's let's get to the feelings and the hearts of the, the audience. Like when the doctor was talking about Gallifrey and describing it and got really passionate and, you know, yes. nostalgic about it. We're talking about how much he loved Martha, not loved Martha, but would, like, do anything for her and saying, you guys are all going to be shut down because I am getting her. And this is, what, three episodes in? Well, yeah, although I didn't understand why he wanted to shut down everyone on the street. I mean, was it just that because he's against the concept of drugs in general or what? Because all these people were like super nice and friendly. They didn't attack anyone. They were extremely helpful to him. But like so drug dealers in real life. Well, yeah. So like, I'm, was it just an issue with the drugs? Cause he seemed to be so. lashing out at those people specifically. Well, you had the, the very beginning of the episode, you had the girl, the woman forget that her parents had left for the, the, the gridlock. Maybe he's like, this is this pain is what you need to become a person, and without that pain, without the up and ups and downs in life, what is your life? I mean, yeah, we were even saying like that shouting could be at them doesn't. I agree. The situation, and it was just like he seemed to be directing a lot of anger at them that really could have been channeled into more constructive feedback. Well, it sounds like he had a constructive way to do it, but he was giving them a message. You know, um, this is gonna. It's my street down. now. Yeah. I own this block. And it sounds like he probably would come back. And and I imagine he would be a little bit more constructive as he was going about it, but they actually know, took his tough advice. Involved. Yeah, it could also be like from where the doctor is coming from. Like he's been through a lot of pain, he's been through a lot of happiness, and he understands that that creates the person, and he doesn't want just a world of blobs. 
That's a theme that runs through a lot of doctors. Exactly. Who, like, that's who the doctor is. And, of course, he's going to be, like, against that. Definitely. Well, I think it's time to rate this episode. Oh, is it? <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will launch in. Not everybody all at once. All right here. Gridlock. I think this was a solid episode. It was enjoyable throughout. Um, I really liked it. It reminded me of the horror that is traffic and how thankful I am to um, be a little bit out of it these days. Um, But I I enjoy having an obligatory monster of the week in there, even if it's unexplained, even if something else isn't going on. Uh, I think it can be a nice distractor. But we saw a lot of, you know, arcs complete here. We had a redemption for Cat Lady. Um, We had Face of Bo coming through, and you actually see him giving up his life for the sake of this planet that he has sustained for years um, on his own life energy. Um, And we have Martha in the mix, quite again, early into the dynamic. I know there's a lot that we discussed and a lot that I wasn't super taken with, but um, I do like her as a character, and I I thought it was a good mix. Um, For me, uh, this is a pretty solid episode. I I do like the... um, you know, the, the pandemic implications. It just seems like a very timely um, episode for us to be watching and, and uh, podcasting about here today. For me, it's going to get an 8 out of 10. All right, I can go next because I'm probably going to have a controversial opinion. I did not like this episode <gasps> at all. It was a struggle for me to get through. I felt like I was like, my leg was jiggling. I was like, when is this thing over? I don't know. I could not connect with it. I thought that the plot had so many plot holes. It just made no logical sense to me why people would choose to be in cars when there was, like, a perfectly good, like, alleyway to live in. Like, anything other than being in a combined tiny little space would have been better. And I don't know. I just did not like it. Um, I thought that some of it was cheesy. I could tell, like, I felt like it was... Like, the writer wanted you to feel things at certain moments, and it was almost too over the top, where it was like, oh, like, the face of Bo is dying, like, let's make it very dramatic, and, you know, and I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. Um, Hard to explain, but, yeah, so that's my opinion on the episode, (laughs) and I'm going to give this one a four. Would you like to go, Shelby? You can go. Okay. Just checking. Okay, so... I just forgot every word that existed. Give me a moment. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of words. There, there's so many words. So many words. And I know Spanish, too, so that's another set of words. Um, so, yeah, I actually really like these episodes. I like I like this episode. I like the implications of this episode. Um, I'm a very emotional person, as all my podcasters know. So I was able to really empathize with the people that were on the motorway. Like, they just wanted a better life. They just wanted hope. They wanted something other than what they had at home, and they just wanted to run away. Like, I understand that. And I kind of really liked being able to see Martha's true colors in all this because I remember there was one part where she says something along the lines of, sometimes I think he likes me, and sometimes I think he just needs me. And that kind of, I thought, stuck out to me because I'm like, that's a good point. Like, how often does the doctor keep bringing up a previous companion in the way that he has with Martha, you know? And I get that the doctor is a very socially awkward person, but, you know, Martha's being a little forward with you. Maybe try to take a hint. 
Um, I didn't really mind the plot holes. The only things I didn't like was the monsters. I feel like they deserved more, you know, just more, especially since they were apparently in another Doctor Who episode. But as far as plot hole goes, like, try to make a better Doctor Who episode. Like, you probably can't. Like, it's more about, well... I can. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's Okay, so I feel like... Okay, nobody's perfect. It was more about the gist of the story. I liked it because of Martha kind of revealing her true colors about how she feels about the Doctor. I liked it because the Doctor kind of shows his true colors with how he feels about Rose and that kind of dilemma. I like the idea of, like, you know, getting away from, like, this toxic environment in which there is no hope and nothing and trying to strive for something that has hope, which eventually leads to a hopeful and happy ending, which is very unlikely. Um, it tugged on my heartstrings a lot. It took me through an emotional roller coaster, and I really like that. So I'll give this probably an 8, and I know that's high, but I, I liked it. Sounds right to me. All right. Okay. I will go next. So... Like Kelsey, I was very bothered by a lot of the plot holes, but like Jace, I did not feel like one of those plot holes was the reason why people went on the motorway. I thought that that actually did make a lot of sense, that, you know, because it was hope, it was something to hope for and to, you know, look out of their bleak existence at. That said, I thought that this was a fairly boring episode, um... I felt like not a whole lot happened. There was some character development, but for an episode whose main focus was character development, presumably, then there should have been better and more character development, I kind of feel like. You know, having, you know, there was a lot of focus spent on side characters and, like, sort of the plot for a plot that really didn't make a whole lot of sense and didn't have a whole lot going on in it. Um... However, I actually was did really like seeing the the face of Bo death scene. I thought it was moving, but to Kelsey's point, it, I didn't find it particularly moving the first time I watched it. It was more going back <laughs> that uh, it made more sense. So I did think that there were some good aspects of this. Um, I thought that Martha's character was interesting because we got to see multiple sides of her. And I think that, honestly, the highlight of this whole episode was the doctor talking about Gallifrey, but that was just two short little speeches. I am going to give this one a 4.5. Wow. What we are all over the place. Yeah. You're the deciding person, I guess. Gridlock is one of those episodes that I think if you're in the general audience, you typically either really love it or you just are like, eh, whatever. And in my case, when I first saw this episode, I loved it. It was, uh, it was kind of a, almost like a parody of what we go through on a daily basis in our own lives because we are always in traffic in our real lives. We are always going through the same routine over and over, but we always have hope that we could better ourselves and do something for ourselves in real life. I don't think that was lost in this episode, and I think Russell did a really good job of explaining most of the things that he needed to in order to get this moving through. I think the character development was fine, especially with the side characters, because we needed the side characters in this other world. This was a completely different universe to Martha's world, and we had to have some 
some development with regards to the people around Martha and around the doctor. I also believe that with the emotional impact that this episode had on a lot of people, it really is one that is truly loved by that, in, in that sense. Um, whether you are religious or you're not religious, even so you might have at least some level of, of faith or you have some level of, I don't know, having the spirit in you, whatever you want to call it. Just hope. Exactly, hope. And I think that is what it plays on. The music kind of is put there for that reason. Um, and so I'm giving this episode a 9 out of 10. Wow. Well, we were all over the board today. We'll just know what you guys think. You Not really. That. It was more just like bottom. Top. Chippy <laughs> <laughs> top. Yeah, the sisters hated it. Everyone else liked it, I guess. <laughs> but now I'm kind of questioning mine because it's like, okay, did I rate this well? Because it brought, it was really emotional for me. Of course. You rated how you liked it. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it because it brought up, you know, different ideas. Like I got to think about a planet where this was the norm. I and I got too. to think about a planet where you could just put different emotions on your neck. Yeah, but to through. Michael's point, it was essentially a like a like a small, faster paced version of life or whatever, where the doctor could flip a switch and get people out to where things are hopeful. And it's you know that's why I thought it was kind of boring because it was just like oh, the doctor saving people from having ordinary lives. To some extent. That's I mean, I, it sounds like more meaningful. But that's what he does. And it's yeah. very, I thought it was very exciting. I, I thought the doctor jumping from car to car was just like, whoa. I mean, I understand y'all's point of view. I yeah, just, no, I, I like the emotional challenge. Yeah. I totally understand it, but you're wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I feel the same way as Colin does, only opposite. Oh, no, it's just, like, I think it, you either connected emotionally and if you did, then it was a great episode. And if you didn't, then there really wasn't much in this episode. Like, you either felt something, and if you didn't, then would this be there wasn't of, enough plot to make it interesting. Would this kind of be more of, like, an episode of extremes, would you guys say? Across- it was one where I think the writer intentionally was trying to pull at your heartstrings. So if, like, he didn't catch your heartstrings, then, like, there it wasn't failed. really a plot that was going to draw you as much... Like, there wasn't a lot of action in it. There wasn't a lot of, like, adventure. It was a lot of people sitting and kind of Yeah, but for a plot where not a lot happens, it should at least have made perfect sense. I agree. If you're going to have a plot that's just very flat, there's a few events through the whole thing, then why have any of those events not make sense? I think they made good sense. I just think the explanations for why they make sense have to live in your imagination. They don't spell it out. (laughs) I agree with you know, Shelby. But, but that's right? what happens all throughout Doctor Who. They don't spell out why this is happening. They don't spell out this. But I think if you give them a little creative leeway, you can imagine, you know, how it might make sense and how you might get a society um, that's set up this way. You but know, they were sacrificing the explanations for what exactly? Because it's not like, you know, they were doing it for the, a complex plot. They were doing it for character development. They could have made the plot surrounding it fit anything that they needed for it to make sense. I mean, why were the Mac? I don't think it was about character development, and that's not why I liked it. I I don't feel like there was much meaningful character development behind closing some story arcs with Face of Bow and and Cat Lady. Uh, I really just like it because it it created um, some interesting philosophical questions in my mind, and I think I did relate to it, you know, in somewhat of the day-to-day and drudgery, and it seems like, you know, 
some potential version of a dystopian future. I you think that you guys are on two completely different planes. You see it as an episode you really like because it has very, it's very philosophical. Makes me think. Yeah, it makes you think, and that's something I really enjoy. Shelby and Kelsey probably didn't enjoy it because it was a plot, it was a very dead episode, and to make up for that deadness, you would need to have like a very like intense character development or a reason behind why the episode was just so slow and just about people sitting in cars. So I completely understand. I don't disagree. I completely see where you guys are coming from. If you're going to sit in a car and do nothing, at least give me something. Whereas I kind of like just the philosophical aspect of it. Yeah, and I guess for me, like, I I don't know, the philosophical aspect is if they had shown the real world as being, like, truly terrible and, like, you're going to be, like, dead if you stay there, then I could understand why you would make that I decision. I wish they showed more of that. Yeah, but, like, with that, it was like, okay, so you have to deal with some drug dealers versus, like, living in a car for 24 years. Like, I just don't feel like, like, like that makes sense. Yeah, and, and just also, what's who's to say that the people in that city underground wouldn't have developed bliss themselves? Maybe or that's what they got in the end, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> Full house. Well, also I thought with that philosophical part of it, you know, while it did bring up a lot of talking points, it's not necessarily groundbreaking. I mean, existence can seem bleak. It feels like we're driving around and around in circles without getting anywhere. We follow the same routine every day and we just reach out for hope and look for these rituals to give us more hope for things. Those are all true things that aren't particularly like enlightening. Yeah, and I think that's kind own. of the magic of it. You know, it's not groundbreaking. It is, you know, tied to somewhat the, you know, some of the drudgeries of real life. But even if it's not something completely new that really turns things up on your head, it really... Throughout the whole episode, you get to think, you get to imagine another culture, another kind of reality and world, and that's what keeps it interesting, even if it's, you know, just minor conversations here and there, and moving from track to track, and, you know, having some crab claws on the side. Well, yeah, but I mean, usually there's also, like, all of that is happening, and then there's also an exciting plot. Yeah, I think I literally just liked it for this philosophical Parts. Yeah. Like, I'm a person who, you know, reads a lot of Camus, a lot of Nietzsche, Kafka, like, even just reading Nausea, which is literally just, like, if you just read the intro, it's literally just a book about talking about how people are just emotional creatures, and that's okay, and me being in a very emotional person, I kind of just need those reminders, and I kind of like to learn how other people go through those emotions and those feelings and those experiences, and just learning through other people so it's something I really look out in a lot of things that I indulge in yeah I mean I guess to me this is almost like an indie movie like yeah it's kind of like okay this isn't about like a plot or anything or an action or anything like that it's about like this idea we're just gonna like take it there and you're either gonna like it or you don't and that's kind of how I feel like the episode was it's not a blockbuster hit it's a indie movie that Ooh, this maybe is a, this is a good, people good like lens. It. So I, I probably prefer, you know, a good indie movie over a blockbuster. Yeah. I think I might yeah. go there. Kelsey and Shelby, where would you like? Well, it depends. You and I watched a indie movie the other day that was very much like you didn't quite know what was going on in the plot and, you know, it was all about the characters and all this stuff, but then it never went anywhere and it fell flat and it made no sense because they never tied anything up. They just never decided what ending they wanted and, you know, it was awful. 
But then, you know, so if it's going to be an indie movie like that, and kind of like how I feel like this episode was a little bit, then I would choose the blockbuster hit. But that said, some of my very favorite movies of all time are indie movies that most people don't like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not meant necessarily to be a crowd pleaser. It's like you connect or you don't. So you either love it or you don't like it that much. And I feel like that's kind of what we've been saying. It's not like meant to be like a, a mass... Everybody likes it a lot, but it's nobody's favorite movie kind of thing, like what blockbusters are, you know? I think the ending part of it was supposed to be where the, the crowd-pleasing part was. Though. Yeah, that's Because you've got, you've got the doctor basically saving everyone again, and that's something Well, that's, it was kind of the face of Bo and the doctor. Well, that's what I meant, but I mean, that, that's the point, is that you've got... <laughs> you've got... You've got these characters that are there that, that are basically saving the day. Which I and almost feel like... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm curious. That's no, what I was, was going to say, I almost feel like that kind of ruins the philosophical point is like that these beings from above like that are greater than you kind of can change things but you yourself can't change anything. That's everything in Doctor Who, isn't it? Kind of. I mean, it kind of... I don't know. I was kind of like, okay, for example, have you guys seen the movie Chinatown? Yeah. Yeah, you know how, like, Chinatown is basically just a movie that just kind of ends and it's just, like... That's Chinatown. That's Yeah, that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. The thing about Doctor Who is just that it's always kind of a happy ending. Sometimes I just kind of like things where there isn't a happy ending because that's super realistic. So if the motorway just kept on going, I would have been satisfied with that, but I know that's not going to happen. I, I have to admit, you know, I'm, I was a sucker for this happy ending. And normally I, I like it a little bit more bleak and... To the point, but I, I really did like, you know, everybody there trapped on a motorcade for years, seeing the sun for years, and finally being able to move. I thought it was a powerful visual and moment, and I liked it. Russell got me. Well, also, you've got the... It's it's not just one person or two people. I mean, it takes teamwork to get this thing taken care yeah, of. They saved the planet. Because Novice Ham actually was looking for the doctor because he, she knew that he had the expertise. So, it I think there's... It's not just... Also, I think if you think about it, maybe there could be someone that could have eventually said, oh, well, let me try something different. But I guess they, when you get complacent and involved in such a way, it takes that one person that is from the outside looking in to say, ooh, what if I flip this switch? But do you think the face of Bo would have given his last breath to anyone that wasn't the doctor, knowing what the doctor is capable of? Yes. I mean, if he if he had confidence to do it, I mean, he was giving his whole life to sustain yeah. that planet for years. He was already, yeah, he was already giving his life. True. So I think it was all it was inevitable, inevitable that he would have eventually run out. <laughs> he filled the prophecy. Yeah. Yes. I just think it would have been I would have been more drawn in if like the doctor is up there trying to figure out what's going on, and then like Martha gets like all the people to like drive up to the top and break through the ceiling Ooh, or something like powerful. that. Keep you know? swimming. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Break through the glass ceiling. Yeah, yeah. she just like wrangles one of the crab people and rides yeah. it to the top and smashes through things. Okay, we're yeah, getting really realistic now. The people have risen. Now that would be a blockbuster. Yeah, that, that would have been an episode I would have liked. Well, and then, what about like when they... You know, finally, we're able to control this whole bliss thing. Presumably, they contained it in some way or whatever after everyone up there died. And then, like... I don't think they contained it. I think everyone just died and the virus died because it was... Okay, so the virus died. And then... Maybe we all just need to die. So, like, 
they well, knew that the only problem was that they didn't have enough power to open the thing. Why not, like, you know, en enlist some help from some of the, like, thousands of people that are down there to, like, help solve the problem? I mean, I get that you're taking away that hope, but you're also giving them the hope that they can find a way to break out. They're as magical as a doctor, I guess. Why would the doctor one? just get in the TARDIS and be like, hey, everybody get in the TARDIS and then I'm going to, like, TARDIS up? Well, that would have been the case for, like, a lot of Doctor Who episodes then. Yeah. Yeah, the TARDIS is under, being underutilized is a common theme in criticize, criticism for me. I mean, even in here, you know, instead of rushing out to the motorway, he could have turned around to his TARDIS, probably piloted that right where he needed to be. See, Doctor Who wouldn't be fun if, like, we had easy solutions, though. Well, the Doctor doesn't always want to take his TARDIS into everything because he has mentioned multiple times that it is a technological marvel you just don't take it into every single situation so you might live it on leave it just on a drug-ridden street and run about <laughs> exactly. on another planet yeah. it's more safe that way right i suppose but i mean i mean obviously that's it's doctor who it's all wibbly wobbly <laughs> there you go. exactly indeed well we're certainly wibbly wobbly on our ratings i don't know if we'll ever uh, gain a true consensus but we do truly would love to know what your um, you would like to think and what your perspective is as an audience um, to our ramblings and my continuous ramblings here. But I feel like bye. we should wrap this you. up about now. <laughs> All right. Bye. Have a good night, everybody. Check us on the social medias. Yeah, do that. Bye. Peace. Au revoir.